3AW is football. Here's your host, Shane McInnes. Tonight, an August elimination final for the Western Bulldogs win, and they're still very much in the finals frame. Lose, and the players can start planning their end-of-season footy trip. And while the Bombers currently sit seventh, their position becomes more perilous should they lose tonight. A very good Saturday evening to you. Welcome to Marvel Stadium as 3AW's Round 21 coverage continues. Plenty to get through in our footy preview tonight. Bombers football boss Dan Richardson. Plenty to talk to him about. And also injured Bulldog star Caleb Daniel to Join us in the box. Plus, we've got Roco goes retro back to Essendon's all-conquering 2000 season and we'll have the press pass too. I also want to throw out there, and we'll throw it out there from the top, are we, as a football community, getting a little bit soft and a little bit comfortable? By that, I mean, do we need to embrace winter-like conditions a little bit more? And have we become too accustomed to the comfort and sanitised conditions that we get here at Marvel Stadium? Now, last night, I saw a lot of complaining on Twitter that the match was played in Canberra and how outrageous it was that we were playing in snow. Now, surely the variable that is weather is one of the things that makes our game great. Torrential rain, howling winds, a little snow flurry. Isn't that all part of it? Doesn't that add to the challenge that is Aussie rules footy I'd love to know your thoughts 96900 693 or 131332 on the Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars open line as I bring in our pal Rowan Connolly Tony Shaw Daniel Harford evening to you gentlemen weak as water we are Shane (laughs) weak as water good evening everybody nice to be with you Uh, spot on Shano as we sit under the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Not getting wet tonight. I think people are missing the point a bit. I mean, I, I copped a bit of flack for tweeting scheduling genius, sarcastically. I mean, yeah, OK, you play in the conditions you handed, but surely when you're doing the fixture, you think, hmm, you know, Friday night, August, Canberra, we're not giving ourselves the best possible chance of optimum conditions. No. Why couldn't you have the night game in April? Why August? Well, it will happen next year. <laughs> It'll happen next year now, Rowan. But, you know, you, you've got to... They're trying to get in the camp. They're trying to do the right thing by it. But I agree totally with you. But you look at it, you think, well, you're not sure that you're going to get these winter blasts that we had. It might be cold in Cameron. I've been there, let me tell you, when it's been minus three. So, uh, and it had been snowing. So, um, I have been there not to play footy. And I, I, I don't know which is worse. I couldn't play footy in Darwin because I was 34 years of age, coming to the end of my career. I lasted one quarter because of the heat. <laughs> so I don't know what would have happened at 34, and I've got the minus three. I don't know. Well, I, I know a lot now of it's arthritis. I know a lot of journo's, <laughs> a lot of journo's who live up there covering politics, and several of them said to me last night, as soon as they saw the fixture come out and saw that one, they went, "Hello, this is a recipe for disaster." <laughs> yeah. But this is the biggest wintry blast uh, that yeah, we've had. It's an Arctic all blast. season. I, I mean, I think it was a couple of years. Ago, Gold Coast hosted North Melbourne in round one in Cairns, and they were like playing in a lake. Yes. Uh, well, that was, that was the a torrential rain. We go last down, year, wasn't it? We go down to Ballarat, and I think two years ago, the, the boys from our team went down. And it was dark by about four thirty and, and three degrees. Isn't this all part of? football and we, we play a, a winter sport I, I know the conditions here at Marble Stadium are terrific but I, sometimes I think we, we don't see enough wet weather football we don't see enough um, be it 30 degree conditions in, in pre-season the ground, the, was, Coast and Brisbane. the ground was still workable like oh, you, you, could still, you know, but it yeah, was a flurry of snow there's two stories I've got Wasn't like, we played at Victoria Park one year where our, our, all the pipes on one side of the ground had broken and flooded, and we had a shocking winter. So if you ran on that side of the ground, you sunk three feet, in the, in, you know, and then it take, you had to pull it. The other one was out at Waverley. Remember when they repaired Waverley when it first started? It was sandy, and they repaired it with the, the normal roll-your-own little one-by-seven-foot 
um, oh, instant mean, turf. Oh, yeah, Instead yeah. of the big blocks they put yeah. in there, you can't move them. They put them down. And I remember sliding under one of them. It was like going under a doona. And, <laughs> and it, it came up underneath, up to my knee. So I got up, patted down, stood on it, and they balled the ball up. Like, occupational health and safety. There well, was that was none. how um, Luco Solomon did his knee. Well, that, there you that, go. That was prior to the 93 season. So, you know, Luco Solomon did his knee, sued the AFL and won money. I think they've got bad grounds. And they say this ground's hard. They say there's an issue with Perth being hard. And their boys... I think we have to harden up. But when it's weather like that... Lee Matthews said he played in three inches of snow. You couldn't see the ground because of snow. At least we could see the ground last night. But there was an American... Someone... A few people were tweeting um, clips oh. of American football. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I don't know which game it was, but the fact that they... The snow was actually piled yeah. two high. feet high. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is just ridiculous. That's too silly. I think Lambeau Field in, in Green Bay... Oh, okay. uh, I've been there in snow. The, the worst place it's to, amazing. to see the, the football line. Well, what about... I love the interview afterwards with James Warple. It was the first time he'd even seen snow, let alone yeah. played in it. So. 9690693131332. Are we getting a little bit soft with the conditions, or is it all part of it? Or would you as a fan just rather come and watch a game here at Marvel Stadium? By the way, sell out here at Marvel Stadium tonight. Only standing room remaining in excess of 48,000 for this game. Shory, I know you were at the MCG a little bit yep. earlier this afternoon. Melbourne and Collingwood wasn't the greatest of first halves to watch, and I think the question marks over whether or not Melbourne can bounce back as soon as 2020 continue to float around. Oh, look, they, were, they, were, they started well, and I thought, oh, here we are, we're going to see something different, but they didn't kick a, a goal, really. The, the, forget the last 20 minutes of the last quarter, because Collingwood put the, the cue away. They're not playing great football as it is, but they've got excuses just as much. Melbourne had their problems pre-season, mm. and they say they're not improving. All these, a lot of other sides have had injuries during the year where they've lost five and six players. And Rowan, you've talked about Essendon now. They're still in the eight, and they've lost a lot of good players. And you could go with Hawthorne, you can go with Collingwood. Uh, there's a lot of sides who have had that that problem, but they're still playing finals. So but, I reckon it's a, a big out for Melbourne. They they've got yeah, some real issues with they, their midfield. They were very quick to roll out the interrupted pre-season, pre-season. excuse, weren't they? Which, that early doors. And I remember when that came out, I thought, gee, is that a good move psychologically? Because it's sort of giving you a crutch, isn't it? Yep, my word of this. And they've oh. used it. They've lent on that all season long, the Demons. And you see today, um, Stephen May go down with a hamstring injury. Yep, again. He had a disastrous start to his campaign. Been playing catch up ever since he basically got to the Melbourne Footy Club and pops a string in round 21. They're, that's clearly what's part of the problem is the way that they've carried themselves and, and looked after themselves in the off-season. Now, Stephen came from the Gold Coast Suns, so a slightly different scenario, but clearly one of the issues yep. is the way they brought themselves into this season. There, there's a feeling like we've let them off the hook in a critical sense, and I sort of I understand that, but it's a difficult one. When a side gets to within a, a win of a grand final and then their performance drops off. We're now asking the question, which is the real Melbourne? I wouldn't be surprised at all if they bounce back to be a really good team again next year and this was an aberration. But I guess you're just as entitled to ask now, was last year the The aberration aberration, and this is the norm? Well, they won't do that unless they get some speed on the outside or we're saying this physicality part of it isn't allowing to split the lines like they did in last year. But there was a bigger issue today, and not a bigger issue, but a big issue at the start of the game. And you always get in, you've got to watch where you put this. But Ben Simmons, and I couldn't believe this, he was allowed to toss the coin. Now, he doesn't barrack for Melbourne, doesn't barrack for Collingwood, but he tossed the coin at the centre bounce at the start of the game. Now, to me, that's an honour. That's an honour, okay? Now, I don't know who organised it. Was it before what happened? But 
I was really taken aback by that because this bloke, and you know, he went the he went the uh, celebrity road, and it didn't work for him. Then he moved over to the racism road because the celebrity road didn't work. Then he got his family involved in it to help him up to back him up. And to me, Melbourne and Melburnians and Crown Casino have been called racist all, all around the world. Now I, I'm just waiting for this bloke to come out and say. Yeah, but I, I am sorry. I made a mistake. You, the, the, we know what the reasons were. He didn't have the ID. wasn't straight up. He wasn't going to show it. Um, you know who? And they said, well, we don't know who you are. But that's another thing. But to me, to have that honour of uh, tossing the coin when you don't even barrack for either side. If it was the Essendon game, I might see some little bit of a sense in it. But mm. gee, I reckon he owes a, a lot of people. A, you know, a, at least an apology for what we've. So you we're don't being... think he should have been allowed to? Talk well, I, I would have thought you'd be today. smart. You'd be smart about not allowing it. If you were a Melbourne per- and it's a Melbourne football club, so that word Melbourne to me, we were slandered in the way that he said. You know, and I, I feel I feel that a little bit because I love Melbourne. But mm. to me, I, I don't think it was good enough. I, I, has I'm that waiting... been confirmed though? Like, I mean, has. What what you're saying has that been confirmed that it that he, he said it, he th- said the colour no no he was refused entry because why they they checked the identity of anyone under 25 is that no they I mean? asked for the identity and it never came through yeah yeah well that's right but then he used the thing why was this bloke allowed he, he but the race car yeah, yeah. exactly you know he so said I, look, profile. it's not it's not a massive thing, ha- yeah okay I, I, he, I just don't like being standard as part of melbourne now around the world as soon as a racist uh, state look we know look there's racists out there but that's in, around the world in any look at america itself the fact too that he then deleted the tweet shortly thereafter because he's being paid somewhere in the vicinity 50 of 50 grand now if you got paid to tweet and post photos around melbourne and if he got paid for that thing today i would be filthy on well, that. He was wearing well, a 4 and 20 beanie. 4 and 20 pie oh. beanie, I noticed. Yeah, well, so anyway, I'm, I'm... Yeah, you, but your gripe should be, and I'm not saying your gripe should be with whoever organised that. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. so who did organise well, that? Well, he's got mates, mates with Christian Petrarca. So look, got a, oh. Christian Petrarca so kids. Well, look, it's a, it's it's you've got to organise, but anyway, it's a little thing that I, it had a bugbear because I I just think we copped it, copped it in the neck around the world for what happened there, and we know it wasn't true. And especially since he doesn't go for either side. And let me tell you, Crown Casino, have you ever walked through the gate? Uh, I think it's pretty multicultural. multicultural. <laughs> it doesn't matter what culture you are, nah. you throw money away at the casino. Exactly. Uh, 13, 13, 32, or 969 The two issues to start with on this Saturday night. Ben Simmons, should he have been tossing the coin today at Melbourne and Collingwood, especially too the fact that he's an Essendon supporter. Some rumblings around he might be here at Marvel Stadium tonight. The other, are just we getting... getting a footy fix, mate. <laughs> doesn't leave me. He's like getting involved in uh, are, are we getting soft? When it comes to football, a lot of people complaining about the snow last night. Do the sanitised conditions here at Marvel Stadium, are they becoming too much of a treat? 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, on the ground up there. It was on their Olinda Football Club page. And I'll tell you what, mate, that would have been cold up there. Beaconsfield went up there to play him. And it's never really that warm in Beaconsfield, but I'm pretty sure they would have got a bit of a shock when they got up the top of the mountain, boys. Now, Tommy, I'm trying to find them. I'm having a bit of a look at the moment. I can't find that photo you've tweeted me. I don't know where it's gone. But I'm sure there's plenty of snow around uh, today and the last couple of days because it's been absolutely freezing that Arctic Oh, yeah, bark. I've got it. I've got it. You've got it. I've... Yeah. How's it look? Uh, cold. Yeah, pretty... It's cold. Pretty white. <laughs> 
Geez, that's a what? So is that fog or sleet? What is it, Tommy? What's in? Why can't I? You see anything? No, that's fog, mate. That, that's fog up there. Two years ago, I'll tell you what happened, boy. Two years ago, the young fella couldn't play his junior game because the goal umpire couldn't see from one end to the other, <laughs> so they cancelled the game. Then the reserve started, and they got stopped halfway through, and then the fog come back down again, and the seniors didn't play either. Yeah. So you've got to be able to witness one end to the other, apparently. There's a famous um, photo taken at the Junction Oval in 1971. Fitzroy were playing Carlton and a fog hmm. descended. And the, I think it's Jeff Southby and whoever was the Fitzroy full forward, like trying <laughs> to see up the other end. And they had to get the boundary umpires to relay the scores from the other end to the goal umpire at the end opposite to where the scores was. So, you know, so a lot of these things haven't cropped up from time to time. I mean, we've had lights go out yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, uh, but I mean, there's two issues here. Scoreboard I mean, sprinklers come on. I don't think anyone was sort of saying that once it snowed last night, they should have gone off or anything. It was more about scheduling history, a game when there was a fair chance you were going to get but, but I think the play, But I think the players appreciated it. They laughed. I, I, I had a good time. I, I was jealous of our team last night being there for the snow. I thought it was... A, Wasn't Clark uh, O'Brien, though. Now, absolutely. Uh, he was the Kevin... She- and I, I heard this, and, and Caro went with well, I'm not taking anything off Caro, but I totally agree with her. The whole the whole lot of it, saying everybody's saying it's going to be cold. He started with shorts at the airport. He came out with his top off at the uh, ground. Brilliant. He wore a short sleeve shirt after the game, which was just stupidity. And then, but it was just brilliant. It's a state of mind. Sure state of mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and he wouldn't let anybody wear long sleeve jumpers. Fair enough, too. I don't, I don't want to play Scrooge here, but have we overstated the significance of that in their victory? No. Okay. Spot on. I mean, if they had a lost, would anyone have mentioned it? Yes. If anyone's good at mind games, it was always going to be. Clark, you know what I mean? Like, like Sheeds did stuff like that all the time. Yeah, he was brilliant. Every, Sheeds would pull something out, and if they won, what a genius! But then the 500 times he did it, and they lost. <laughs> no one ever said anything. And, and we know how revered Sheeds was as well. Speaking of Sheeds, he's coaching one of the legends team oh, out there, there at the moment. There. Uh, our very own Matthew Lloyd. Having a kick. Jeez, he's as... fragile, Matty Lloyd. Just drops oh. to the deck like autumn leaves. Just, <laughs> just keeps falling like autumn leaves. He's just hitting the ground. Uh, it's, been, it's been a f- uh, few years since Matty Lloyd was running out Gary of Marvel Stadium. And, and, they've, and even yeah, for tonight, half they've brought back the Lloyd end. He demanded it be there tonight. Uh, That's Lloydy up there. He's got the Harry High Pants <laughs> thing happening. Let's go oh, to disgusting. Mary go. Warren. Hi, Joanne. Hello, how are you? Good, Joanne. Hey, Joanne. I've just come home from the um, Melbourne Collingwood game. And I know for a fact that the mayor of Casey was supposed to toss that coin today, except that that privilege was withdrawn towards the last Ooh. moment, and Ooh. they didn't know why. Now when we was, know why. When was it withdrawn, Joanne? I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, the, she said to me that um, she was supposed to toss the coin, and all of a sudden I wasn't tossing the coin. And I said, "Well, why?" And she didn't know. The mayor of Casey is uh, Amanda Stapleton. Do you know, Joanne, if she got a uh, reassigned a, another game to toss the coin or just completely won no, it all together? Not that, not that I know, but it was um, the president's lunch and they had um, the city of Casey was represented there because it was called the Casey Round because they have Casey Fields and stuff. It's, uh, it can happen. Like, even politicians they get managed take every the now and then. To toss it. They get managed every now and then. Sure. <laughs> Who's that? The man- later missions. Politicians oh, right. can be managed. <laughs> managed. That's, the form hasn't been good that enough. That thumb toss would have taken a lot out of her. That's, That's very <laughs> Saturday Night Rumour file but that from is Joanne. Good, that is Joanne. Yeah. very yeah, good. From That'll make Joanne. news. We might, uh, we might try and uh, follow, follow that one up behind the scenes to see what we can find out. Well, there's a price for Joanne. That's some news. Appreciate that. Joanne, hold the line. Give her a car. We'll find something for you. I'd love to say a twin pack 
market to Bordelie in a pancake parlor voucher, but that's not on my price sheet, but we will find you something. That's a, a nice little nugget of information now that Uncle, Uncle Daniel Harford is uh, giving mm. out uh, the prizes here. Uh, to Julie on the road. Welcome to you, Julie. Oh, hi, guys. I just want to say about Ben Simmons, I think if he's not careful, he'll end up like Curios and, and Tommy. He, he's got to remember, he's an Australian-born. He was lucky he was born here. His father came out and played with Melbourne Tigers. Very good he player. Hasn't got, he hasn't got where he's got just by his own fluke. He's a good player, but he's had the help of Andrew Gaze and Lindsay Gaze, and his coach over in the, at the NBA is Brett Brown, Brett Brown. who coached the... Um, um, North Melbourne Giants and won a premiership. So, you know, he's going to end up a very snotty little kid. All the money he's got if he doesn't pull his head in, I think it's a disgrace for what he's doing. Yeah, look, I just, look... I don't want to go on with it too long, but the thing about it, let, let's. I just like to say, look, I made a mistake. Yeah, this was over, and 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 just everybody would go, that's okay. But you know, right across the world, it was just, you know, it made news. It made news in America. It was one of their news yeah. leads. Well, so. it would have. A- absolutely did, and I think that anyway. was the concern, Shory, and that's why he went back and deleted it because he. Well, I, don't, I don't open a Pandora's no, box here, but there's, there, but there's been a lot of other things that have happened in this country that have made headlines overseas that haven't painted as in a great light in terms of uh, racism. Yeah, well, well, that's one of. Yeah. But, but this one wasn't true, they, they're saying, and they, there's no yeah, yeah, foundation yeah. No, I get where we're coming from, but it's not like that's an isolated incident. No, no, so no I, I didn't know one said I, that. I think you'll find the rest of the world so it doesn't necessarily see us as being a bastion of racial but harmony. It, but, it, but it's not going to make Sports Illustrated in the United States where Ben Simmons doesn't tweet it. And in this instance, it wasn't exactly. true. Yeah. Nine six nine hundred six nine three are outside of Melbourne. Thirteen thirteen thirty two. The Nick Theodosia Prestige Cars open line open for business. Other side of the break, we're going to catch up with Essendon football manager Dan Richardson. The case of Joe Danaher and the case of Blake Carousella. That and plenty more still to come. Saturday night footy from Marvel Stadium. All thanks to McDonald's. Three AW is football. Saturday night footy coming to you from Marvel Stadium, our match for broadcast tonight. Essendon taking on the Western Bulldogs. If you're just catching up on your results from earlier today, it was at the MCG, a big win to the Magpies, 10-10-70, defeating Melbourne, 70-11-53, while in Adelaide, Port defeated the Swans, 15-13-103 to Sydney, 7-14-56, while in the Twilight Clash, the Q Clash, the Gold Coast Suns, they tried to stay with the Brisbane Lions for a little while, but the Lions have kicked clear. They're 10-5-65 Brisbane to the Gold Coast Suns for 3-27. This is 3AW footy preview, all with thanks to McDonald's, Shane McGuinness, Rowan Connolly, Daniel Harford and Tony Shaw. We had a caller just a few moments ago, Joe Ann, informing us that apparently the Mayor of Casey was supposed to toss the coin for today's match between Melbourne and Collingwood. Instead, the Mayor was stripped of that honour at late notice and Ben Simmons was out in the middle tossing the coin. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 9-6-9-100-6-9-3. Postponed. Two. Well, apparently it hasn't been postponed as yet. In, in fairness. And we, and we are chasing it up. Stripped of that honour is, is fairly emotive language, Shane. I mean, like, do we sort of take notice of most people who toss the coin before the start of a game? Well, well the was, we do. Hold, but hold on. She was told, <laughs> Especially if it's your family member. In, in fairness to her, we're trying to get this <laughs> confirmed, but if she's given the honour of tossing the coin, she invites her family along, she's going to be out in the middle of the MCG and is then, then told, hold on, we've got a big name celebrity who wants to toss the coin or we want to toss the coin, we're not going to have you do it now. 
Yeah. A, well, I mean, look, the only place. time I can remember anyone who's tossed a coin pre-game is when um, it was the journalist who Eddie sort of ripped into because she didn't throw the... Cynthia Bannum, that's right, yep. didn't throw the coin properly, so Eddie ripped into her and uh, made a bit of a spectacle of himself. But it's not sort of... Yeah, OK. All right. Nine six nine hundred six nine three thirteen thirteen thirty two. We fold it. Yeah. Well, like I'm a just, house of cards. Then row no, coming I'm a bit up. Cynical. Dan Richardson about to join us. But first, here's how the week unfolded with regard to Joe Danaher. Perception uh, is not reality. Uh, perception uh, sometimes gets described as reality. But um, I can see how people uh, write the stories like this, and uh, you know, people want to get a bit of clickbait and that sort of thing. And uh, for me, I just kind of concentrate what I'm doing, and, and that's sort of getting my body in the best shape as quickly as possible and um, hopefully getting out there and performing for the Essendon Football Club. Hey, we just had a talk about that. Coffee with a mate. That's all it was. I don't know. That's what he told us. So um, I'm more than comfortable that Joe's uh, mature enough um, to make those decisions. Um, And the fact that it's public is not an issue for us. It's like... uh, Everyone, just get on and live your life, and yeah, we'll, we'll be cruisy. Well, time will tell, Caro, because I think there's a contract extension being offered to Joe, uh, either now or very shortly. So, if Joe, contract at the end, at end of next year. year. So, if Joe resists that, well, then you'd be a bit concerned. But I think he owes them some football. I think after paying Joe really big money for the last two years, I'd be disappointed as an no, resident supporter if Joe didn't, after all they've done for Joe, uh, come back and play some good football. That was the week, how it unfolded with regard to Joe Danaher after it was reported earlier in the week that he met up with the CEO of the Sydney Football Club, Tom Harley, coffee. for coffee. Uh, he said that it was nothing more than coffee, but then... Uh, rumours abound that maybe the Swans are trying to lure him. He then went on Fox footy. And the curious thing was, was when he was on Fox, he, he never really completely batted it down by saying, I'm committed to Essendon, I'm going to be at Essendon next year, absolutely. It was more very vague. And the fact that he goes, oh, look, I'll, I'll be there if, if Wisher wants me. I thought he should have come across more committed to Essendon in that interview. I think he paid the um, service it deserved. Uh, is my opinion on that. He's entitled to catch up with whoever the hell he likes, whoever the hell he likes. He's uh-huh. known Tom Harley for a long time. Now, I don't know how often they catch up and have caffeinated beverages, but uh, I think he's entitled to catch up, particularly when he's in a situation like he's at the moment where he's not, not can't play footy. His world's sort of spinning anyway at the moment. He's got nothing to do. Why wouldn't you be able to go and see someone who's been one of your mentors through your academy years and get a little bit of assistance? We'll continue to talk about that with our next guest. He is the General Manager of Football, Dan Richardson. He's alongside our very own Matt Granlund. Uh, no, he's not. Da- uh, Dan, my apologies. I thought Matty was down there. Appreciate your time, your take on how the uh, Joe Danaher saga has unfolded this week. Thanks for your time. Uh, hey, hey, gentlemen, how are you? Yeah, I've already given my take on the news. It's uh, a catch-up between old friends, and that's the end of it, as far as we're concerned. Hi, Dan, uh, it's Rowan here. Um, just wanted to ask, uh, Joe said that the club was aware of the meeting, whatever. How would that come up? Would he sort of make a trip to Sydney and think, uh, OK, I'm catching up with Tom Harley, I better let the club know? Is that, I mean, is that sort of a routine... Uh, disclosure on the part of a player if he travels interstate or something? We were aware he's in Sydney, Rowan, because of uh, a check-up with his surgeon. surgeon. So yeah. that was the first point. And, and I think he just made a, a casual, off-the-cuff uh, off the cuff comment to Xavier Campbell, just that he, he's going to catch up with Tom at the same time. So, yeah, again, um, 
as far as we're concerned, that's uh, that's the end of that story. But I, clearly, you guys want to keep rehashing it. No, well, I mean, you you guys, the media. I'm I'm pretty cynical about the reporting of that to be perfectly honest I mean it's the age we're living in unfortunately but I would have thought even even if it was a contractual discussion don't players when they're in contract get their management to investigate options anyway I would have thought you know even as a negotiating tactic it's a perfectly legitimate thing to do uh, again I'm uh, Rowan uh, yeah to be honest I don't know like it's as far as we're concerned as we said all week it was a catch-up between friends and end of story Richard, how's, what's he been like? Um, I'll take away the, the week and the coffee, because we all drink coffee and that's cool. Um, what's he been like, not being able to play footy, frustrated through injury last couple of years? How's he got through the season so far? Oh, he's, a, he's a vibrant character, Joe, and he's, he's a great character. So I, I think the way he's got through is by just wanting to try to support his teammates and support the club as best he can and, and obviously focus on, his, on, on trying to get right. Uh, I'm sure there's been moments where it's been challenging. There's, there, would be, well, there would be no doubt about that. And um, but uh, but you know, in terms of what we see uh, visually around the club, um, yeah, I think Joe, you know, he's buoyant, he's positive, and and he's uh, he's always good company. Hey Dan, Tony Shaw here. I'm I'm going to go the other route here because uh, you know we we look at changes in big names who have left clubs. Ablett and his return, Dangerfield, Lockie Neal this year, Buddy Franklin when it happened in Hawthorne. And the other thing about it is you've got Sydney who have probably had the greatest history of any club of pulling big key forwards from other clubs. And I'm talking Lockett, Hall, Franklin, Tippett and that sort of thing. Now, I want to ask you, you will be offering him a contract, an extension of his contract. I think that's right. Is that right? But I would be thinking that it'd be a lot lower rate than what he would have been on when he signed maybe three years ago. So he has to, he still will get that. And whether he looks at that and says, I'm not going to accept that, the idea is that I know it was a cup of coffee, but gee, all those things come together and I can see a little bit something else happening, if that's a way of putting it. Is that a question or that's, that's all your question? Well, it's an story? observation, but it, it, they're, the, they're the facts that are there and they've been there in the history of the game. And that's what the game's like today. And, you know, you'd be scared of losing any key position player like every club is out there at the moment or any key player off a list because it happens more now than what it's happened in the past. No, uh, yes or no? Again, sure. I'm not sure if you... Oh, what's the question? The question is, has it, is this a bigger issue now probably in the modern game than what it was 10 years ago, a decade ago, about I, losing great players to opposition clubs? I don't know if it's a bigger issue. I think it's always been part and parcel of the game. Perhaps free agency... Um, has has elevated it, but well, there's no uh, use having free agency if it wasn't going to allow that to happen. Yeah, but, but I come back to Joe. You're talking about the question about Joe. We're not worried about you losing Joe. And okay. Yes, we'll we'll um, we'll be offering him a contract uh, at the appropriate level at the appropriate time. Can I ask you about uh, the signing of Blake Carousella? Because I, I was surprised, sort of the extent to which that was underplayed in the media. I thought it was a bit of a coup. Um, most people, I think, will assume that he is now the obvious successor to John Walsfold if and when Woosher decides to uh, part ways with the club. He's contracted till the end of next season. Now, there's obviously no official sort of uh, curability agreement type arrangement in place, but is it a safe assumption that Blake Carousella will be the next senior coach of Essendon? Uh, again, you guys are making a lot of assumptions up there today, but... <laughs> Uh, no, that's not the case. We've got Blake, we'll get Blake across next year, uh, and I'll reinforce that it's next year, not now. Um, yeah. 
he's still a Richmond contracted coach as we speak, but um, yeah, we're getting Blake as purely as a, as a talented assistant coach. Would you agree that he is one of the most credentialed AFL assistant coaches in the market to be a, a senior coach? I think Blake's a, a, a highly credentialed assistant coach and a very talented assistant coach. Uh, whether he's got uh, aspirations to be a senior coach or not, um, yeah, I don't think that they're. I don't think they're really strong currently. But in the future, yeah, that that may change. Dan, was there any consideration holding off the decision or the announcement until the end of the season? The fact that he is still with Richmond until the end of the year, and it, as it stands at the moment, there is the chance the Bombers could come up against Richmond in the finals. Yeah, our preference would have been. A, uh, I think. Look, the bottom line is Richmond announced it. Um, and I think that's fair enough. I mean, they, they didn't want to keep any secrets from their players and their staff and wanted to be transparent. So, um, but yeah, look, our preference is to, to focus purely on what we have left this year and I'm sure Richmond are as well. You've uh, you brought across Ben Rutten from the Tigers uh, last season, now Carousella as well. You were there, Richo, working with those two gentlemen along with the, the rest of the staff at, at Richmond. How heavily involved were you in this acquisition process? Uh, acquisition of, of Blake? Blake, yeah. Yeah, there are a, a couple of us. Obviously, John was heavily involved as well, and and myself, uh, I guess, are the, the the people most involved. And yeah, my responsibility is to as running the footy department, but obviously working closely with John and getting uh, uh, getting as many good people around him as we possibly can. Uh, like Blake, as, as Rowan said, well credentialed to be a senior coach. Was that part of the interview thing to say whether he had aspirations to be a senior coach down the track? No, I wasn't sure. He, no, uh, no, no, just a... It's, it's purely we, we see him as a strong assistant and yep. uh, and can help us next year. But I stress Which right, is, no, now, yeah. right now there's still a fair way to go, hopefully, of this season. So can we talk about that? What, yes. uh, well, let's talk about tonight because um, it's been some sort of catalogue of injuries over the last few weeks. You, you're up against it on that score. What, what's been the challenge uh, John has thrown to the players this week in terms of overcoming adversity? You've done... Prior to last week, you'd done it five weeks in a row. So is it sort of, let's uh, channel again what we, you know, that resilience we've dipped into over the last five, six weeks? Yeah, John's constantly challenging the players around just constant improvement, I guess, Rowan. And uh, really, despite, yeah, the the number of injuries suffered, but that also brings opportunity for others. And, and uh, yeah, John's coaching is very much about... Um, improvement every week and, and just this week's just another challenge another opportunity to improve the way we're playing I think we've been a bit flat a bit off our game particularly the last couple of weeks and we're probably a bit lucky to get over the line against Gold Coast and uh, we certainly didn't you know put the pressure on around the ball that uh, has been uh, I guess a bit of a hallmark of our game in the last six to eight weeks last week so yeah that, that's really the challenge tonight to get back to our best footy. Skip us back in tonight, Richo, Dyson Heppel, which is great news for Bomber fans, but how delicate is his management during the week with this, this injury that he's got at the moment? Yeah, it's reasonably delicate, half. It's, um, look, we don't think by him playing it's, it's going to, or we know it's not going to cause any further damage down the track, but, yeah, it's just a week-to-week proposition and depending on how sore he is. But, look, we feel he trained pretty well on Wednesday and, yeah, we, we feel that he's right to go tonight. Dan, what about Jake Stringer? Um, just a very positive question here about Jake Stringer, about uh, how he's going. And is it that he's got his probably off-field life in, in control? We know he's always had talent, but he looks like he's matured immensely over probably 18-month period, maybe two years. Yeah, that seems to be the case. I mean, not, not sort of knowing Jake before coming to Essendon, it's difficult to comment on 
on him you know, in the past. But what we see now, yeah, is a, is a really good teammate and uh, I think he's got a really good football brain. And, and yeah, you're right, Shuri, he seems to be fairly well settled off-field as well and there's no doubt that there has a correlation between, his on, between that and his on-field form. Dan, as we mentioned, there were plenty of stories around the Bombers, but none will be bigger than the result tonight up against the Western Bulldogs. Do appreciate you giving us some time pre-game. Terrific. Thanks, boys. Have a good night. Dan Richardson, the general manager of football at the Essendon Football Club. We want your reaction to that. 96900-693. Outside of Melbourne, 13-13-32. On the Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars open line. A on Joe Danaher with regard to his future. Is it right to read into the chat that he had with the CEO of the Sydney Football Club? Got a little bit touchy on Tom that. Tom Harley, he? he wasn't happy. We were always going to ask him about tonight, but you've got to well, do it. I, I think We'd he, be derelict of our duty if we didn't ask him He would have had to have been prepared for that. And the other question yeah. he had to be prepared for was that of Blake Carousella. And I think, yeah. Ro, you made a, a very good point with regard to senior ambitions. Uh, he's a very highly regarded yep. assistant coach, Blake Carousella. Well, let, let me put this out there. What would be the attraction for Blake Carousella in leaving Richmond and going to Essendon were it not the obvious opportunity to become Down the, the next senior Good coach? Good point, Rowan. 96900 We'd love to get yeah. your thoughts on that. Our match for broadcast tonight, the Bombers and the Bulldogs, a sellout here at Marvel Stadium as we quickly go around the grounds for Husqvarna, about to get underway in the second half up in Brisbane. It's the Lions, 10-5-65, leading the Gold Coast Suns, 4-3-27. For McDonald's and their 24 Chicken McNuggets, just nine ninety five. you're listening to 3AW Football. I mean, is that sort of a routine uh, disclosure on the part of a player if he travels interstate or something? We were aware he's in Sydney, Rowan, because of uh, a checkup with his surgeon. surgeon. So yeah. that was the first point. And, and I think he just made a, a casual off-the-cuff off comment to Xavier Campbell, just that he, he's going to catch up with Tom at the same time. So, yeah, again... Um, as far as we're concerned, that's uh, that's the end of that story. But uh, clearly, you guys want to keep rehashing it. Don't players, when they're in contract, get their management to investigate options anyway? I would have thought, you know, even as a negotiating tactic, it's a perfectly legitimate thing to do. Uh, again, I'm uh, Rowan. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's uh, as far as we're concerned, as we said all week, it was a catch-up between friends and end of story. Dan Richardson, the general manager of football, the Essendon Football Club, just a few moments ago on 3AW Football, batting away questions with regard to Joe Danaher and the fact, I think we're, Dan's forgetting in that context, he is the CEO of the Sydney Football Club, Tom Harley. Now, regardless of reading into it or not, at the end of the day, there is going to be a story out of it from a media point of view when a player meets with the CEO of an opposition team, particularly when that opposition team would be a good fit for it. It's ridiculous to think that a player of his ability, who is coming up a contract, who's going to have a big pay cut... And he goes and sits down with the CEO, even though... The per- and that could happen. I've got no worries about that happening. It happens a lot in football. You've got a lot of friends from different clubs and whatever. Um, but to me, I would be thinking Tom Harley would be derelict in his duty not to say, you know, well, mate, you're a good mate of mine, but yeah. how are you going? You're feeling happy? You're, you know, you reckon you could do it for us? <laughs> Buddy's not going to be around much longer, and uh, Reedy's struggling a little bit, and we need another key forward like we got Lockett Hall, Franklin, Tippett. But no, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't bring that up. This, this is why clubs being sort of overly defensive about this sort of stuff doesn't help themselves, because we, we were just saying off air, I mean, that sort of thing must happen hundreds of no, times yeah. with hundreds of players. It's, 
you know, with free agency and, and AFL careers as a professional workplace um, and, and how incestuous the AFL world is too, I mean, have a look, you know, at the end of every AFL game now. It's like old school week. You know, yeah. they all know each other from pre-kids. You've got no sequence, and... Rowan. You can't, no. if, the, so, if the sequence of how it happened isn't the same as what they're saying... There's no secrets in football, so I hope they got the sequence right about when and how they were told and what what happened. So we'll just have to wait and see. Quickly around the grounds for Husk Varna. Early stages of the third quarter up at the Gabba, and it's the Brisbane Lions uh, currently leading the Gold Coast Suns 77 to 28. Full control. So Saturday night, let's do this. On Saturday night football, it's time for. Press pass. You are fake news. Riley Boner is part of the game. You're quite brilliant, Sean. Yeah, this is Sally. Okay, Nat. Terrific, Sean. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Shane McKinnon's reports from Atlanta. Now, if you want to be part of the press pass, you've got the media here. You can ask any question of the media you want. 9690693131332. Have your question, pose it to Roe, myself, Tony Shaw, or Daniel Harford. 9690693 or 131332 on the Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars Open Line. Let's get into it, gentlemen. And we start with Stephen Cornelio. Roe, if he leaves the Giants, will he be the biggest loss for the franchise club since it's in Exception. Uh, yes. Yes. Do you want me to expand? Yes, yes, no, no, no need to expand. No. Yes. Yes. Ro, who will play off in this year's grand final? Uh, Richmond and West Coast. Uh, I got West Coast. Um, yeah, I'll go the Tigers. I reckon they're playing as good a football they had when they won the Premiership. It's a bit boring, but it's Richmond and West Coast for me, yeah. Shana. Oh, we got the trifecta go. uh, on that one. Shorey, is Sam Walsh having the best ever debut season by a number one draft pick? Uh, as close to as I can remember, but I've had too many knocks to the head, and it goes back a fair way. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Near enough is good But enough. it's pretty good. Daniel? Uh, by a fair margin. Yeah. Would, would the only two comparable debut seasons in the modern era are Judd and Selwood. Neither Selwood, of them neither were number one pick. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Half, who will coach Sam Walsh and his teammates at Carlton next year? Uh, I think David Teague will. I think David Teague will, um, and it'll be with reluctance on the part of the club's administration. What do you mean reluctance? I think the Messiah will. They don't want to appoint him. The Messiah will. I'm not sure that's right. If you think that's David Teague, they're calling him the Messiah down there. Did you see the reception he got? I was there. Were you there? I was there. I saw that on uh, wherever it was, on Twitter, whatever it was. it was incredible. It was the 79-40 year premiership reunion. It was a great afternoon, just by the way. God, imagine. there's some players in that team. Just Go through that. And a curiosity, you know, did the time. AFLW coach get a standing ovation as well? Well, I, I tried to hush <laughs> it down a bit. I tried to. I stood up and said, please, it's not about me today. I missed that video. I'll have my time. It's not about me today. No, it was a very, very interesting couple of seconds. Sure, about 30 seconds worth of standing ovation. For, for David Turner. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah. in that juice. That's great. I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving it. I was sitting on the table with the president at the time. Had, uh, had he enjoyed that? He was looking around the room. I'll give you that. I cannot forget that photo a couple of weeks ago in the rooms. David Teague embracing one of the players. Mark Lajuda saying in the background. Yeah, Didn't look awesome. overly thrilled. 96900-693-131332. If you've got a question for the press, for the panel, now's can the I time. Do, can I chuck one in? To do it, please. If David Teague doesn't, Rowan Connolly. Yeah. Who will? If he doesn't. If he doesn't. If he doesn't get it, who will be coaching Well, Carl? the latest mail is Michael Voss. Yeah, I'm going that way. 
Yeah, I'd say Vossi. I'd say Voss or Lyon. Yep. You're just running uh, I, th- I, th- I think Lyon is still in the periphery. But I, I think Teague will. And I think in the end it'll be because they'll look around and they'll say, well, why is Voss or Lyon so much better credential than David Teague? And I'm not sure they are. Oh, yeah, hold on. Rossi Lyon's not better credential than David Teague. In 2020? No, I don't think he is. Uh, what, only this year? No, I, I think over the course of the last five years, Ross's stocks have oh, diminished. Well, over the last three years, he's had a 30% win, uh, win ratio over the last three years, so that's not great, Roscoe. No. But I mm. think over the whole thing, I still reckon he's got Teague he's by got a fair way. He's got a he? body of work. Teague hasn't look, been a senior coach yeah, yet. Yeah, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I had to get with you, mate. No, no, I phrased that incorrectly. All right, I've got one for you, Shorty. Yeah, yep. Will there ever be any stage at which people stop the increasingly tedious question of can we get State of Origin football back on the calendar? Never. It will come up every time mid-year, especially if we've got a break. Just like the quads on the first day of school in the front of the paper, that's what we do. <laughs> oh, the quads. Can I ask one, not uh, another sport? Yeah, you can oh, ask yeah. a press Anything you like. Press I love this. Story. I, I, tw- I tweeted this during the week, chaps. Should professional <laughs> any golfer when he gets his ball on the green and is going to putt, not get any advice from his caddy. In other words, once he's on the green, you cannot have any advice from your caddy how to putt the ball. What? I like that. I, I say no really advice. I really like that. that well, I say no advice. You know what else they can do yeah, without? Well, that's, that's what I'm... Oh, well, I'm, oh, I'm, you've got no idea because you can't play. But that's okay. <laughs> no, I actually agree. No, with but that. you know what golf is. Yeah, but you think I do know what golf is. Yes, I do know what golf is. But golf, you know what the one thing about we're trying to speed the game up so everybody can play. You get a, a professional who I don't mind 200 metres away. I remember Jack uh, Nicholas, the greatest golfer of all time, and I'm and ahead of you know who, Woodsy. He said they asked him the question, "How much input does your uh, caddy have?" And he said, "I tell him to give me the club, and I tell him to shut up." And that's it. But what's the difference between getting advice on a fairway shot and a putt? Because a putt, the putting is a different skill where you haven't got the full swing. And, and a lot of them, a lot of people, are, yeah, well, a lot of them are great. And there's only one club to use, which is a putter. But I hate it when you get a, a, a caddy on the other side of the hole, lying on the ground, prostate <laughs> with a pin in his hand, going, I think that. And then he walks back across, stands behind the bloke who's going to putt, who's just won three majors or something like that, and goes. This is going to go a little bit left to right. Speed and of playing cr- golf is go, a joke, sorry. sure, at the moment. I'm with you 100%. You like and you yeah. know what else they should get rid of? Oh, Those green reading books. It's yeah, got all the, all the, all the undulations. The, the, yeah, I'm with you on that. Overrated. Read the Overrated guy. It's like having someone tell him Matty Lloyd just before he lines up for golf 40 yeah. metres out. You know, I reckon this breeze is just a little bit halfway, exactly. out, half a metre outside the left goal. Under the roof. Under the roof. <laughs> Rowan, Tony Cochran <laughs> says the Gold Coast Suns will still be around in 150 years. Now, I'll make it easier. Which clubs, if any, won't be around in 50 years? Uh, Gold Coast. <laughs> Gold Coast. Gold Coast. I think they'll all be around, but there will be a couple more. They'll all be around. A couple more. more. What are we going to end up with? You reckon we're going 20 clubs? 22 clubs? I think in the next 50 you years, you'll have 20. I think you'll have Tassie 20. and Darwin. I would have... Th- oh, yeah, North Queensland. Something like that. North Queensland? I can't even get South Queensland right. <laughs> yeah. That's, where, know, they, should be that's where they play the game. <laughs> so I, ideally, we should now have an 18 competition that doesn't have Gold Coast and GWS and does have a Tasmanian team in a Northern Territory team. I'm nearly getting to the point that I'd like to see every side play each other once. Um, amen. 
Well, if I hey have man, a t- brother. If hey I, man, brother. If I have a 20-team comp, I'm happy with that. One game against games. every opposition. There's your Still not even, schedule. by Guys, the way. two no. more questions before team. we round out the press fast. We'll get to a couple of your calls in a moment I thought as well. we were all supposed to ask one. Well, I, I did. I, I, I oh, did you? Yeah, everyone's, okay. everyone's asked one. Right. Maybe if you guys well, came... Well, you paying attention when I asked you. In fact, I asked it to you. What was it? It was who's going to coach... Carlton if David oh yeah doesn't. it was a good one yeah. <laughs> you guys need to come loaded with more questions for press pass in the future I saw you uh, you tweeted uh, sorry you texted us about both yeah, I was loaded replied. mate but I left them at home no, I forgot them all one of you replied <laughs> no, to my I, email I, during the week I wrote them I thought that it was, was a general sort of email that, that was, with yeah, no, no reply replied. required no, I hate it when everyone hits for reply all when nice you're not interested in what they've got to say Shorey having been at the top of the ladder since round 2 will Geelong be there at the end of round 23 nice email by the way no no. Huh? Um, Top of the Geelong, end of round 23. Who they got next week, so it makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> they've got, <laughs> they've got, uh, North, they've got North Brisbane at the Gabba. Or the then, then, no. then they've got Carlton Because I reckon West Coast will win every game coming West, in from who now. Who have West Coast got? Adelaide. Uh, Coast, over there. Richmond. Uh, Richmond here. Richmond next week, the MCG. It's yeah. not an issue for them and in then, a lot of ways. And then Hawthorne the last Hawthorne game. Hawthorne at home. It's a hard game. It's tough. Um, so the answer is going to be percentage, percentage, yes. Okay, final question, guys, for tonight. Yes, come on percentage. Back to what we were talking about with Dan Richardson. If Essendon is to lose its next three games, including tonight, is John Walsfold the coach of the Essendon Football Club next year? Yes. Unequivocally. Uh... And if you lose, if they lose the next three, I don't think they play finals. Well, if they don't make finals, if they don't make finals, I would, still be, I would he'll think. still be coach. Do you think? Yep. Is there not a little kicker in the, yeah, the paperwork that suggests that he might need to do that? Uh, not as far as I'm aware. Let me tell you, if he makes finals, it's safer. <laughs> that, that's, that's the right answer. That's the most that is the right answer. All night. Before we take a break, let's get to a couple of your calls. 96900-693, outside of Melbourne, 131332. 13, uh, we'll come back to those calls in a moment because on the other side of the break, we're going to go retro with Roco. With thanks to McDonald's, you're listening to 3AW Football. Saturday night footy, or thanks to McDonald's coming to you from Marvel Stadium in the build-up to our match for broadcast between Essendon and the Western Bulldogs tonight. No late change for either team. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at 3AW is footy, or with thanks to the Doc Shop. We put a couple of our questions up there from the press pass. Is Stephen Cornelio, if he leaves the Giants, will he be the biggest loss for the franchise club since its inception? 68% of you say yes, 32% say no. And the other question we put out, should Jared Ruffhead get a farewell game? 73% of our respondents saying yes, 27% saying no. Earlier in our pre game uh, as well. We had a call from Joanne. It was a bit rumour file-esque that uh, apparently the Mayor of Casey was meant to toss the coin today but was replaced at the last minute by NBA superstar Ben Simmons. Now we have made contact in fact with the Mayor of Casey, Amanda Stapleton and she told us off air that previously uh, in matches the Mayor of Casey had tossed the coin but that no longer happens. She was well aware that she was never going to toss the coin today. So you we- gave her a Right, so you're an idiot. That, and in fact, that um, that that ritual ceased at the time Norm Smith was replaced as <laughs> in 1965. So and the coin was a shilling. Ben, so uh, happening. Ru- that, that's uh, your Saturday night rumour file fix. Quickly around the grounds for Husqvarna. <laughs> the Brisbane Lions in complete control by 64 points over the Gold Coast Suns. 14-9-93 to the Suns for 5-29. All right, he's been building up to it all night. Let's go retro. Uh... 
It's that time of the week again. Get ready, Australia. Rocco is going retro with thanks to Epworth Healthcare. Okay, gang, let's go all the way back to the first year of the new millennium, 2000, at this very venue, under the roof, Colonial Stadium it was called then, uh, in the 20th season of this fantastic AFL venue. Let's relive one of the great moments in Marvel Stadium slash Colonial Stadium slash Telstra Dome slash Eddie Head history. And I speak, of course, of another meeting of these same two clubs that will meet here tonight, Essendon and the Western Bulldogs. It is round 21, 2000. Essendon is on an incredible winning run. 20 wins straight the Bombers have racked up. They are five games clear on top of the AFL ladder, believe it or not. Five games clear. Western Bulldogs are in sixth place, fighting to hang on to a spot in the finals. Need one more win to claim that berth. They are a game clear of the ninth place side. So a big Friday night for them. And, of course, it was the night of the Uber flood. A night when Terry Wallace, sitting not all that far away from us, deployed one of the greatest floods defensive floodings in the history of football. The Bombers, after being prolific scorers the entire season, simply could not score against a wall of Bulldog defenders. But let's just set the scene first. 2000, that's a long time ago. It was a year of the Sydney Olympics. Glorious moments for Australian sport. Who could forget Cathy Freeman winning that 400 metres gold medal? No one will ever forget that. And Bruce getting all emotional. It was one of those where were you when that happened moments. Raylene was relieved, right? What was that? Raylene was relieved. Raylene was very relieved. Why? That's what she said. What a relief. Oh, okay. What a sort of a weight off her shoulders. And the girls beach volleyball. They won the gold. I was up there. Uh, Natalie Cook. Uh, uh, I was going to say Natalie Portman, but she's an actress. Kerry Potter. Uh, Tragedy as well. The uh, Childers Backpackers uh, murders, of course. 15 people tragically killed in a deliberately lit fire in Queensland. And it was also the year Jolly John Howard introduced the GST halfway through the year. Musically, a very good year. We hadn't completely descended into dross. I know everyone thinks I'm going to play Who Let the Dogs Out because that did come out in 2000, but I wouldn't be so crass. Instead, let's have a listen to one of the great local tracks from 2000. It's 28 Days and Rip It Up. Still listening to 3AW, those at home. Is this, are we on air? Yeah. This isn't just a dry run. Geez, you could have let it play out a while. Surely he's not going to play uh, that song on People air. think they're listening to Triple J from the National Broadcast. Right? Okay. To make sure people that is, knew where they were. Who Frank, sang that? Frankston's Finest, 28 Days. Can you never play that ever again? Oh, you fool. That was absolute yeah, like garbage, it. Ralph. Yeah, no all right, we're ready to go with our special <laughs> guest now. So the Uber flood has been deployed by Terry Wallace. Did it ruin footy for 20 years? Uh, yeah, probably did. Oh, right um, can the Bombers respond with counter tactics who better to speak to than our very own expert and uh, champion Essendon centre half forward Scott Lucas how are you Scotty I'm a bit weary now Roko I, uh, I heard the start of your intro and then I went off and had my dinner and had a nap and I've just come back and I'm just going well <laughs> nice work on the nice work I, I thought you deserved an appropriate build up Scotty so what are your memories of this game? Did you have uh, guys have any idea that the dogs were going to pull something like this? 
Well, as you said, uh, Roke, I was only kidding, as you may have uh, worked out. I did listen to your intro, uh, and it was a long time ago. For, uh, just thinking back, though, no, not a lot. Um, I, I do recall, though, the amount of time we spent working on that the week after, but prior to it, no, we didn't fully expect it. But, look, saying that, Terry Wallace was an innovator, and it certainly worked for them on the night. And I think it also worked for us. I mm. mean, that game, I don't think it was a bad thing that we had a loss. It just sharpened our focus going into the last round and then the final. So a good wake-up call for us. As you said, we are four or five goals clear on top of the ladder. So any um, inflated opinion of ourselves was quickly diminished and we got back to work and really had a look at what we did well, what we didn't do well, and then put it into practice for the remainder of the year. Well, I was going to say the follow-up for each side was interesting. The Bulldogs lost their last home game to Hawthorne and lost the elimination final to Brisbane. Essendon beat Collingwood in the last game and then beat North by 125 points in the qualifying final. Carlton by 45 points in the preliminary final and Melbourne by 10 goals in the grand final. Is that, um, I mean, clearly that is one of the great sides to have played league footy, but you look at it now... And it's not necessarily as star-studded as, say, the Essendon teams of the mid-'80s. There's a lot of players who didn't necessarily have great longevity. What did make that team so special, do you reckon? Uh, yeah. oh, look, I'm not so sure. If you look at the three years, Rowan, I mean, you talk of the teams in the 80s, uh, that team over 99, 2000 and 2001 didn't lose many games of football. So hmm. oh, I think um, I tend to think there were some pretty good players in that team. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you're getting a bit defensive, right? Very good player. Oh, well, like Dan Richardson. Look, look, Rowan, I'm nice. used to you reflecting on the 80s and being the best time and everything was better back then. <laughs> but I reckon if we look through the eras, every era, and it's like debating players, I, I think that was a pretty decent team that stands up. So tell us, through that year, when you were 20-0 and 0 and you're five games clear on top of the table, how did Sheeds keep that, that hunger? Because there's often a lot of talk when there's a streak going on, Scotty, about, oh, they'll need to drop one soon just to yeah. stay sharp and all that sort of stuff. You did it for 20 in a row. How did Sheeds do it to keep you on edge? Yeah, look, we, we broke down the season into really blocks of four half, and our aim, to be honest, was to win three of every four. Well, it wasn't about a total amount of wins. It was a block of four. And what really drove us, to be fair, was the disappointment of 99, where, uh, rightly or wrongly, we felt we were the best team in it, but put in a really poor performance on preliminary final day. And that game against the Bulldogs was really interesting. Um, And Sheeds, I don't think, would ever admit it out, out of respect for our opposition, but I felt that he was comfortable to let that game unfold and whatever happened, happened. Because I feel, certainly now, if we we continued to kick it long into the Bulldogs' numbers, which was ridiculous on our behalf, but I feel that we could have changed things up if we if Sheeds really wanted to coach it hard and adjust the way we played and so forth. I felt we would have been good enough to do it, but I feel that he just was happy for that game to unfold as it was and whatever happened, and if we happened to lose or win... Um, so be it. But if we lost, then it was the perfect prod to give us, to wake us up if needed, and uh, to see us on our way. Hey, Scotty, appreciate you joining us tonight. Can I just ask you one question on the president, that around Joe Danaher meeting with Tom Harley. As a, as a player manager, does this happen more often than we necessarily hear about 
in the media and were you necessarily surprised that someone was meeting with the CEO of another club? Look, it's an interesting one, Shane. What I find most interesting is how do we all know that that meeting took place? I believe uh, someone else saw it and then got it into the media and then henceforth the Essendon Football Club has confirmed it. Yeah, I would have thought that Joe Danaher walking around with Sydney having a coffee with Tom Harley would barely raise an eyebrow. Mm. Um, So I find that interesting in itself. Not that unusual. I mean, talking more broadly, uh, players have so many relationships now. You know, you go through the TAC Cup, they play together with... uh, 10 guys at the Oakley Chargers that could get drafted, and they're all mates. So that's quite common, and occasionally officials as well, because perhaps an assistant coach that you've had goes to another club and you catch up with him. Not that unusual, uh, but I'm sure questions would be asked, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah in this game, yeah, yeah. Scotty? Um, yeah, pro- I don't know whether Essendon have anything to nervous to be nervous about, but you probably you'd prefer it didn't happen. Appreciate your insight not only into that, but more so into the season 2000 when the Bombers almost went through the entire year undefeated, except for that one night against the Western Bulldogs. Appreciate your time. Pleasure, boys. Cheers. Scott Lucas joining as, us on 3RW Footy. As we say goodbye to 2000 and that game, of course, gave the Bulldogs a bit of joy at the end of the year, but. As you heard Scotty Lucas say, probably the final little spur to take Essendon to their 16th AFL flag. And as we bid farewell to 2000, Shane, and you'll pick it up on the other side of the break, let's say farewell with my favourite song of 2000, At The Drive-In, one Arm Scissor. I think that'll be enough. We'll take a break. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that Caleb's going through this little bit of turmoil with it, with soft tissue. It's unusual for him, but um, we've got a good track record. Our uh, our staff with with JJ and Eastern and um, and making sure in our um, return to play program that we uh, we get it right when it is a little bit longer. So I think Caleb might be out for you know, a few more weeks, and uh, and we'll get him back, and hopefully it doesn't doesn't happen again. 3AW Saturday night footy from Marvel Stadium. Our match for broadcast tonight. Essendon up against the Western Bulldogs. That was Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge speaking during the week with regard to Caleb Daniel, the injured Bulldog star, to join us in just a few moments here on 3AW Football. One late change for tonight's... Uh, sorry, no late changes here for tonight's match. One late change down the highway at Geelong with Zach Smith out of the Geelong side. Lockie Henderson goes in. No change for North Melbourne. We will keep you updated on that match as it unfolds, as we will on the Bledisloe Cup match tonight between the Wallabies and the All Blacks out in Perth. That match starting at 7.45 Eastern time. Before Caleb Daniel joins us, gents, the, the Western Bulldogs, we mentioned it as we began the broadcast tonight, this is an elimination final for them. Given the fact that Port Adelaide won earlier today, it seems as though uh, Adelaide and Port Adelaide will take the ascendancy if the Western Bulldogs are to lose tonight. Where do you see this Western Bulldogs side at with three rounds to go, huh? I think they're evolving into a pretty good team, sure. I think what we've seen the last month of footy, um, and spasmodically through the year, but not anywhere near as consistently as the last month, is that they're starting to believe that they can achieve again. Uh, and this has been a, a big revelation because there's an enormous amount of talent in this lineup. I think I've said this before on 3W that I think their midfield is the best quality midfield in the competition. 
uh, even yep. better than the, the highly rated Magpies one. I think they're fabulous. They've got some uh, some little bit of a deficiency at either end in terms of key key posts, but they're young emerging players that in next 12 months, 24 months are going to be terrific players and can hopefully consistent players in the competition. I think they're, they're going to be something. You know what you've got? To, you've got to give Luke Beveridge heaps of credit for not hanging on to 2016 too long. I mean, any side that wins a premiership, the natural inclination is to stick with that side and yep. Beveridge had pretty much given up on that side and recognised, look, we're not going. that's not coming back pretty early in the piece and a lot earlier than a lot of people thought he should have. You have a look now, it genuinely is a different side and I think the uh, expediting of that process is going to work in their favour. It's a massive game for the Bulldogs tonight. One man who would love to be out there but dare I say is hamstrung at the moment is Caleb Daniel. Caleb, welcome to 3RW. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, good day, guys. Uh, me. First and foremost, the injury as it stands at the moment, is it short term? Uh, we're not too sure. It's, uh, it's a sort of week-by-week thing, I guess. So it's probably not um, for the home and away season, but hopefully the boys get a win here and then um, really push towards September and then, you know, anything can happen from there. Is it frustrating that it continues to flare up? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a different injury, I think, um, than the one beforehand. So um, it was nice playing, you know, two games there and then the third sort of, um, yeah, felt a bit of tightness and, and some awareness there. Um, during that game last week, so um, yeah, it is. It's frustrating. Obviously, you never, you never want to be injured, and you always want to be running out with your team. So um, yeah, definitely. Carter, just tell us about how did this occur with the change of your role of playing across the half back line? We know you're a beautiful user of the ball by hand and foot, but how, how did this come about? What was it at that stage of your career um, and, and during the season that said? Yeah, we're going to push you back there to try it. And who came up with the idea? Was it the senior coach? Because sometimes it can be an assistant coach. Uh, I'm honestly not too sure whose idea it was. Yep. It probably happened probably four or five rounds in, uh, to go last year, I guess. Um, we had a couple of injuries at that halfback role during games. So um, they sort of wanted to push someone back there that could use the footy and, and probably run it out of there a little bit. And it worked a little bit um, towards the back end of last year. And then I think, you know... During my exit interview last year, they sort of said, we want this to be your first priority and your yep. first preference, and then uh, midfield second. So, yeah, spent majority of the preseason there, and, um, yeah, spent a lot of this year there too. Like, you, re- you read the play beautifully, and, and we can see that. What What is your greatest problem with you playing that role? Is, is the height factor of your opponent a massive issue, or you roll over and other blokes roll over to those ties? But they keep testing you there. Is that what's happening most weeks? Uh, yeah, that happens a fair bit. I think, you know, no matter who you are, you're going to lose one-on-ones occasionally. Well, I think you're going to get done height-wise by a lot of blokes, uh, mate. Yeah, pretty much everyone in the competition. So, he's not um, up against much of the commentary. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh, oh well, you giant, you. <laughs> yeah, but it's all right. Yeah. If, if we're playing that team defensive structure like we want to be and, um, you know, we're not necessarily a one-on-one team where, mm. where that team defence, um, where, you know, players are going to slide and, and cover for your man or you're going to do that the same for them. So... I suppose, you know, you get caught out on the bigger guys occasionally when when centre half full, uh, centre half backs or um, full backs have to roll up and, and play their role for the team. So occasionally it's going to happen, but you wear that um, mm. for the work rate. So as Shorey says, you read the play very well. You, you're a proven ball magnet. You sort of got the credentials you need to play that role. What is there anything you've had to learn to sort of play that halfback role effectively? Oh, definitely. I think um, any time you, you come from a midfield or a forward, offence is always um, sort of your, your number one priority, whereas when you start going back there, it's, it's defence is the number one. Um, so you get, you got to attack off, off good defence. and um, So it's definitely switching the mindset um, to stopping goals rather than getting them initially. And then 
Um, you know, using the footy, you probably... I guess you can probably see the game a little bit better because you're behind the ball or you or you um, can read it, yeah, a different way rather than being in front of it. So does that mean um, the first thing you think of when the opposition gets the ball is where's my man rather than where can I get a kick? Yeah, definitely. I think it's where's the dangerous space and, and how can we prevent them from scoring and then it's, um, you know, if we're, if we're going to win the footy back then it's that quick split decision to get offensive and, and get on your bike and try and use the footy. Efficiency in the forward third's always a challenge in, in modern day footy with numbers that get back and pressure around the contest. You've got a, a, a front six or a front seven that hasn't played a lot of footy together. Dale's going through there, you've got Bailey Smith, um, Sam Lloyd's a new addition, Nor- Norton's only young, plays in half back and all of a sudden is playing as a key forward. How much time do they spend together to try and get that chemistry? Yeah, well, it's really it's coming along really nicely the last few weeks, I suppose. Um, earlier in the year, we were, we were getting that in there a lot and just not capitalising on some things. Um, probably shallow entries really cost us on the turnover as well. So um, any time that a team, a whole team can play some footy together is, is huge. But, you know, a forward six or seven that, that can really um, yeah, stabilise and play some footy all together, they know each other's traits, they know um, what one's good at, what, what the other lacks sort of thing. So... I guess it's starting to come together a lot and like you mentioned they're all young um, and they're all coming through so that's great for the footy club. Your midfield I said before I think is the best in the competition, best quality midfield in the competition. Um, Jackson McRae gets a lot of coverage, Josh Dunkley's a player that's just burst mm. onto the scene this, this season, what's what's been behind that, what have you seen him do differently this year than he has in other years? Oh, he's spending a lot of time on the footy, which is probably his natural. <laughs> it's his natural, um, his natural game. I spent. I guess he's probably spent a little bit of time forward in in recent years and and that sort of stuff. But it's not um, through lack of work. He, he was the hardest worker at the footy club, and um, you know he's always there early working on his craft. So there was no surprise to anyone involved in um, our footy club that he's going really well this year. And it's great to see that he's starting to get some recognition around the. F- around the footy circles, I guess. Just what in a seven-day break, I know if you had a, a shorter break that you do things differently, but in a seven-day break, how many hours, and it's not just about but because of the intensity of the, the time that you got out in the track, but how many hours would you spend on skill-based stuff out in the track itself? Uh, you know, can you give us a two-hour or a three-hour thing over a week? or what, how, how long would it be? Uh, yeah, well, our main sessions are, if it was a seven-day break and we're playing on Saturday, it's a Thursday. Um... Yeah, Thursday, probably go for two and a half, three hours maybe, and then we have a session on Tuesday, which is a more skill-based hour and a half sort of hour session. So is that um, just kicking handball other than yeah, set-ups and oh, you know, more uh, technical, structures? Yeah, 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 technical sort of skills yep. as well as your line-specific stuff. So defenders will split up into um, their defenders, like the, the VFL um, guys that have played that week would come in as well, and we'd all play... Uh, train like that and then Monday you do yeah your stock standard sort of um, stationary skills sort of kicking marking handballing yep. um, have a few few games and a little bit of fun with that while it's not very intense speaking of skills um, and half touched on this before you you're fourth for inside 50s I think you're only 14th for goals per inside 50 you mentioned shallow entries before is that um, inefficiency on the scoreboard purely a result of shallow entries or is it just a kicking issue uh it's hard to put your your finger on i guess there's probably some decision making um involved in that and you know we really want good decision makers um with the footy in their hands going over the arc and and being able to you know hit targets and things like that so when you got 
you know, Bonte, Sam Lloyd, um, Matty Suckling, Lockie Hunter, those types. Um, kicking the ball inside 50, we're probably going to retain it a fair bit. And um, it, it, a lot of it comes down to pressure that the opposition are putting onto you um, as well. So if you can get it deep and um, find an open target, that's usually where the scores come. Caleb, appreciate you coming in tonight. What's your role this evening? Do you just watch from the stands, watching the coach's box? Yeah, no, I'll just be watching um, with a couple of the boys downstairs, do, I reckon. Do you get a little bit antsy not being out there? Yeah, I'll probably get more antsy not being out there than actually playing. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. <laughs> hey, a final obvious one. When you're just walking through the crowd, you haven't got your helmet on, obviously. Do you get recognised at all? Uh, a little bit. It's a lot less, which is nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a whole lot less. It's yeah, like a little mask, I guess, at, the, at some time. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, it's pretty nice sometimes when you're trying to weave through Essendon supporters. <laughs> pretty good, I reckon. I'm just thinking the other thing of him walking into Marvel Stadium with a helmet on before <laughs> he has to go out in the battle. I just don't know whether that be seen that as normal. Unusual. About you. <laughs> hey, that, that would be strange. Caleb, uh, <laughs> indeed it would. It's great to talk to you. Really appreciate you coming in. Good luck to the boys tonight. And just as importantly, good luck to you. And hopefully good on you, we get to see you in September. Oh, thank you very much. One of the stars of the Western Bulldogs, Caleb Daniel, joining us in the box here at Marvel Stadium. Uh, quickly around the grounds for Husqvarna. Another week, another thumping for the Gold Coast Suns. The oh, Brisbane Lions currently lead by 101 points. One, uh, the Brisbane Lions, I should say, not the Western Bulldogs. 130 to 29. The Brisbane Lions have kicked the last 14 goals That's a good streak. Of, of the match and are on track for their first 100-point win since round 16, 2007. Incidentally, that day was Dennis Pagan's last day coaching the Carlton oh, right? Football Club. I think it would be... Brandon kicked 10 that day, I reckon. Gold Coast's uh, first 100-point loss of the season too. Yeah, it? so we haven't had a 100-point win. Oh, haven't we? Yeah, so, no, okay. um, across the competition. Importantly, it's Brisbane's 15th win. And their percentage has already gone up by seven percentage points from 116 to 123. Well, there's going to be two stories come out of this. They have had a brilliant year. They are a chance of maybe being the Bulldogs or the Richmond in a a summer. In in one month of football, they could do it. And the other thing is... Will something be done about the Gold Coast? You just can't accept this now. Well, something will be in the done, game, but it won't but be enough. Yeah. Before the Geelong game gets underway, the Brisbane Lions will be the top of the ladder, and the two southeast Queensland teams will bookend the table. Matty Granlin to take up the hosting chair on the other side of the break. Talk about this game and plenty of other things in the build-up to our match for broadcast tonight. Essendon and the Western Bulldogs here at Marvel Stadium. A sellout crowd only. Standing room available. More than forty-eight thousand for the best coverage. With thanks to McDonald's. You'll get it right here on 3AW Football. Welcome back to Marble Stadium. Matt Granlin in the host chair now ahead of a big game between Essendon and the Western Bulldogs. Shane McGuinness here along with Rowan Conley, uh, Tony Shaw and also Daniel Harford. Um, the other big topic, Rowan, has been this uh, talk about Jared Roughhead and whether or not he deserves a send-off game. Now, apparently, he didn't play too well today in the VFL. Uh, They play the Gold Coast next week. We can see what Brisbane are doing to the Gold Coast at the moment, 136-35. Love your um, call on it. Uh, I heard Lee Matthews actually talk about it today, saying that if they're still in contention, which technically they are, mathematically they are, unlikely, uh, that he actually wouldn't play Jared Ruffhead. What say you, Tony Shaw? Same thing. Yeah, no, you, you just, while, you, while you're mathematically capable of doing it, and also going up there to play against a side that mightn't suit him to play anyway, 
um, you don't go with it. And and they've had another great win. Um, I I hope he does get one, and it probably will happen in the last game. But no way known would I be doing it if you think you're still a chance of somehow sneaking into a final. Even series. against Gold Coast? Yeah. And there's no reason why you'd, t- you'd, you'd think about doing that. Do you, you know, know, I know like people might not remember this, but Kevin Sheedy played uh, a player in a grand final purely on sentiment. Who was that? Stephen Carey. Sat on the bench in the 1985 grand finals. Absolutely no way that on form he'd earned his spot in that 22. But, yeah, but that's a faith and a belief. In, in what he thinks Stephen Carey could do. I, I would think there would be no... If any coach ever said that, yeah, we're going to play him next week because it was the Gold Coast, gee. Mm. Well, that's disrespectful. Yeah, that's disrespectful. That's one thing. But you just don't do it. I, 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 Like I said, I think he will get it, and I think he deserves it. But while it's happening this way, I'm totally with Lee on that one. Yeah, I, I don't think he can be seen to... Yeah, no, I, I agree with it. What about you, Half? The, the last game is West Coast over yep. in Perth. So either he plays next week against Gold Coast yep. or he plays against the West Coast Eagles in Perth. I would play him next week. Because it's Gold Coast? Uh, no, because I think he could tri- still contribute to the team. Now, we don't, I don't think... Clearly, he's not in the picture longer term. But I think there's nothing stopping them playing him from uh, the perspective of he's going to not contribute to the team or drag the team behind or where it would be without him there. I mean, who do you drop? They just had a really well, great win. Who do you, you drop? You drop. And I like well, this Connor guy. You drop, Con- you drop Connor Nash. He was he last man out. Oh, well, last man in, first man out sort of system. Sure, I'd, it's I'd been be happening Con- Yeah, Connor be rapid. Although Gunston's got to come back, doesn't he? So well, if their hamstrings are right. Oh, yeah. Okay. If, if, okay. Okay. So if his hamstrings are right, so who do you go with, Gunston or Ruffy? No, well, Gunston plays No, no, Yeah, okay. So Na- you're saying Nash, Nash is going to make weight for Gunston yeah. and then well, Ruffhead, but not on form because we'll Ruffy's, Ruffy's no, hardly touched Nash today. Way, Nash makes, makes way for Ruffhead. By all accounts, Ruffy didn't have a great game today in the VFA, yep, VFL. VFL. VFL, VFL. Twice yeah, I know, I know, because I had so VFL. Yep. So how can it be on form that maybe... And Nash probably had one of his better... You, but you know as well as anyone that players play differently in the VFL than they do in the AFL. It's a, diff- it's a very different level of competition and... Too often, I reckon, we judge players who have played in the AFL, go back to VFL and don't dominate. Yeah. It's hard to dominate at the lower Ruff, level. Ruffy's had six games in the VFL yep. and has been bought up once and dropped straight away. Yep. What do you think that's saying? They don't really want him there. Yeah. So, Daniel Harford, I put it to you. Yes, Rowan Connolly. That he felt, I was just sending Or oh, he's not good enough to get a game there. Not that he, yeah, he's not good enough you to get a game. You just ruined my dramatic flow. Oh, sorry. If, Gunston <laughs> comes, if Gunston's fit and he comes back... I used to say it was dramatic. Right. Uh, um, Nash makes way for Gunston. Yes. Who makes way well, for Well, I'm going to have to have a look at the team. Name names, night. Daniel. Just give me a chance to look at the team, would you? One of the, Someone else. <laughs> one of the... Something Jimmy Bartell said, Shuri, which was interesting, is that Clarko likes to have a theme, uh, like last night, the cold and all the rest of it, that maybe that could be a bit of a theme. That's what it's Ruffy. all about Ruffy, and um, it's, his, it's his farewell game, and you know, if he plays well, he'll play next week. Maybe that, that can be... Um, a way that they can bring Jared Ruffett in and, no, and no, make no, it a positive? No, 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 I don't think that was how he said the theme. Today he said about the theme, let's do it for Ruffy. Yeah, do it for Ruffy. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah right, okay, yeah. Yeah. With, so, that, with, it, with him in with, the team? No, with, with him no, in. Yeah, right. with him in. With I him think. in the team? Yeah. Yes, yeah. well, that, I'm more than okay Ru- with that. Ruffy's playing and let's play for Ruffy. And, um, so, I mean, that could be 
one way, but, but uh, just, he's a pretty ruthless did Jimmy character. Jimmy Bartel say that? I, I don't think he said have Ruffy in the team. Oh, okay. I must have... Uh, I, I don't know. I would have to... Okay. Jim, well, ring just, in, Jimmy. Jimmy. Just to play hard ass, you, you don't have to have a farewell game. I mean, yeah. poor old Grant Birchall has played his last game, I'm tipping, and he he, yeah. he limped but off he and torn a hamstring. I, I think the fan... Would the fans be upset if Ruffy didn't get a farewell game? You're a Hawthorne man. Yeah, no. I, th- I think they would. I think they'd be quite annoyed. Do you? Yep, absolutely. So, so, so yeah, Ruffy is is a will be a legend of the club. Yeah. Let's not underestimate the impact he's had on that football club. Yeah, but when you say, yeah, no, look, they might be a bit peeved and then, you know, oh, uh, they're not round, start round, up memberships round one next year, they turn yeah, up with their memberships. No, they won't be microwaving or delivering trailer loads of pork belly brawls. No, exactly. Like, to me, that, no, you know, no, Hawthorne people get the butler to microwave the memberships. I don't want to have the holier-than-thou sort of situation here, yes. but the club... You never, the club never owes you. What they do is they give you an opportunity. Oh, what they do? You owe the club. Ask because, not what because you can it, do. It, well, that sort of way. But, <laughs> and, and I, that's it, totally how it should be. Now, for I am not going to think anything different of Hawthorne, who is a, a fantastic club. I've got enormous respect. Or, or Alistair Clarkson, if he doesn't give him a farewell game. We know what Ruffy gave to this club. We know what he's going to go on and do. He's going to be a coach somewhere. I, I just don't get that. I, if, if to me, well, you didn't get a farewell game, did you? Your no, farewell game, no, you was, didn't know it was coming. It was a, uh, yeah, a well, loss in Perth. That was it. But you know, you, to me, if you're thinking, if I'm thinking as a coach, I'm thinking, okay, this kid, if I can get a game into a kid or two games into a kid before the final series start, knowing that we might be playing at the end of it. Yep. Those two games to me are so important for what he has to go through pre-season. That the, to know what you can do and the level that you play, you don't know that while you're playing VFL, but you know it when you play AFL and you get two opportunities. Because you get one, yep. you still mightn't be understanding it and coping with it. You get two and you find that you might be able to do things better in the second. You think, I know where I've got to go now. But so I get case. six months to then do it. Yep. But if you don't have that experience, I'd have that every day above giving Ruffy a, a farewell game if for the good of the club. That's if you're bringing in a fresh player you're talking about. Then that's no, 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 no. It's a player who he could have been playing already. He's played two games now. Well, one game. You get what I mean? Mm. Yeah. No, look, and I see both sides of this argument. Is a involved, you know, you're involved in footy long enough, and you're coaching these days. So I'd love him to get it. And he probably will. I'm, I'm glad but that I he looks like, like he might. Uh, let's start with the fans. Um, nine six nine hundred yeah. six nine three thirteen thirteen thirty two. Africans that they'd be upset if Ruffy didn't get a, a farewell game. Peter from Ringwood on, on line nine. Good Pete. Um, you know how you um, teams always step up for 100th game, 200th game, so on and so on. What about putting Ruffy in the last game against West Coast? Wouldn't that uh, give the team a real boost to say, "Come on, we're going to do it for Ruffy. We're going to we're going to we're going to win for, for for this guy and send him out on a on a good note." Well, I mean, won't a lot depend on whether there's still finals mm, chance or not. Right. I mean, if, if if they have no finals chance and they think they're not potentially sacrificing anything to play him, well, then, of course, you put well, Exactly. That's the scenario you would want. You're saying whilst there are finals well, chance. Whilst that, and whilst you cannot get an advantage somewhere else for your team, so if they didn't have the youth thing and they didn't have the finals up for grabs and, and that was it, anything that has to do with the team and the future of the team, Buddy doesn't come into a calculation... Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Ruffy doesn't come into calculation of me getting a farewell game. Uh, on another topic, Tony from East Bentley wants to have a chat about the Blues. G'day, Tony. G'day, gentlemen. Uh, you were talking earlier, uh, Shorey. Best first-year players I've ever seen were uh, Phil Carmen, Ross Glendinning, John McIntosh, then Chris Judd. Yeah. And about the Blues, I just hope 
They don't select tea because that'll put them back two seasons. With Why the is that? The turmoil that'll be created are uh, Ian Rice, George Harris, what? back in the late 70s. Why, why would it put why them back that? two years, Pete? Sorry? Why, why will it put them back two years? Because the players won't play for the new coach. They want tea, and when you don't listen to the players, they'll just... Oh, sorry. Oh, we we going, thought you were yeah. saying they shouldn't appoint tea. You're saying they should appoint tea. Yes. Yeah, if they yeah, okay. they'll, they'll go back a couple of seasons. Yep, no, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I'd put it that dramatically, but it's clear the players want him. It's the Paul Roos uh, situation, isn't it? Well, a bit of that, yeah. yeah. Why the wait half? I wonder, I mean, with Reece Shaw, they knew they had their man. Um, I think they may have interviewed maybe one or two. I don't know if they interviewed anyone. I know that Carlton have already interviewed Michael Voss, but yep. why the wait if they think that he's the man? It's enough sample size, surely. To make a call now, is there's a couple of games left, but yeah, you I think, think you know whether you got your man. Well, they've been pretty strong in the fact that they committed to a process of of time of interviewing people and talking to people through the next however long their process. I don't know how long the process is, but they've committed to a a proper process. Uh, and despite the fact that I think they've got their man, um, and the sample size you say would suggest that he's done a hell of a job in not just and this is the thing with the Teague train at, at the moment, which they're calling it. It's it's not just <laughs> a, a turnaround in. Uh, informed for a couple of weeks of adrenaline. It's not. It's not adrenaline kicking. This is a, a whole system change. This yeah, is a no philosophical, doubt. substantial change to the way they play. Good point. Let alone the impact he's getting from certain players. The the level of players getting from certain players. Um, but my understanding is they committed to a process that they will go through. And if it comes out the end, David Teague, fantastic for David and for the fans and the players at the moment. If it comes out somebody else, then they'll wear it and they'll say that's we've put our, our reputations on that. The people who are making this decision will wear that. We'll make um, our decision as we need to. I reckon, no more, no more training wheels either, Row. It's they're on track with the T train. Oh, oh George, you should be a headline hey, writer. Can I get? Hey, I T-train want that copyright. That <laughs> I think there's after tonight. There's two weeks left. I mean, yeah. you might as well make wait the extra two weeks. I reckon, yeah, no, okay. but. Um, so if they beat the Richmond tomorrow, there could be a press conference Monday. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'd love it if he got the gig. I reckon it'd be great. We've got to wrap things up and take our final break. Ro, you make your way downstairs. We've got an update from you in just a moment. This is a big game. It's a sellout here at Marble Stadium as the Western Bulldogs make their way on. The Bombers are not too far away. Uh, just an update from the other game half. Uh, what a mauling this is. Uh, Brisbane and the Gold Coast Suns at the Gabba. There's still a bit of time left. Yeah, they're coming back, the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> six and a half to go in the last term. Just trailing by the 90 points at the moment. Brisbane putting on an absolute clinic. And Gold Coast being a fair way off it. All right, the best call coming up at this huge game here at Marble Stadium between the Western Bulldogs and Essendon. We'll get some final thoughts from Tony Shaw and also Daniel Harford. Shane McGuinness will rejoin you after the break. For McDonald's. 3AW is football. See the farmers fly up, up to win the premiership for play. Our boys who play this grand old game are always climbing for glory and fame. Sons of the West. Australia. Welcome to Marvel Stadium for 3AW's coverage of this Round 21 clash between Essendon and the Western Bulldogs, bringing you tonight's action. In special comments, the 2019 AFL-CA AFLW Coach of the Year, Daniel Harford, and Collingwood's Premiership Captain in 1990, Tony Shaw. And in commentary, it's a very good Saturday evening to Shane McInnes and Matt Granlin. 
A very good Saturday evening to you, Craig Willis, and good evening, everyone. Welcome to Marvel Stadium on a cold, brisk night, but the roof is closed as Essendon comes up against the Western Bulldogs. The Dogs have won their last four against the Bombers, and you'd think that they need to win again tonight to keep their finals aspirations alive. Conversely for the Bombers, there's plenty writhing on this match. They currently sit seventh on the ladder, but their position is a little bit perilous. Lose tonight, they then have Fremantle in Perth next week and Collingwood to come in the final round and nothing is guaranteed in this closest of seasons. 3AW Saturday Night Footy, all with thanks to McDonald, Shane McGuinness, Matt Granlin, Tony Shaw, Daniel Harford. We'll get down to Rowan Connolly in a moment, but half Shorey, I'm really looking forward to this game because, to be honest with you, I can't pick who's going to win. I'm really looking forward to it too. I want to see the Bulldogs' response tonight. We know that the Essendon boys last week, Shorey, had an absolute flogging by Port Adelaide. It was the second lowest pressure performance ranked uh, for the season by Champion Data. Uh, it was a free-flowing game and they didn't really give a yelp, didn't really want to be out there last week against the Power. I'm, I'm expecting a pretty physical response, particularly initially in the contest, but I just got a feeling that the way the Bulldogs score uh, from around the contest, but also from the defensive 50 chains, I think they're top four in the competition mm. are scoring from defensive 50 chains. That's where the Bombers have struggled this year. Teams that have been able to launch from their defensive half, they haven't been able to stop that, Shory. And they're trying to launch and score from their own defensive half, the Bombers. So if the Bulldogs could play their forward half game, I, I've really struggled to find a way that Essendon, with so many players injured and, and out of the team, six changes is an awful amount for one week. I just don't know how they're going to get the job done. They're not sure. Yeah, and, and the other thing about the Bulldogs, that strength that you said they had with Caleb Daniel out, it does take away from that. So uh, yep. Justin Johannesson, I think, is one player who really has to uh, lift. So, yeah, I, I, look at, I look at the Bulldogs and I think when they're at their best, it's when their midfield just controls everything because they've got so good hands out of the contest that they set up on the outside. And Essendon, we think, do that pretty well too. So um, I, I think I agree with you. I think the uh, Bulldogs go a bit deeper um, in their in their midfield. I think they're a, they're a class act. Bontembele is the one that stands out. So will they try and control him some way? They don't normally go in as a deep tag, but they've had... Uh, who was it? Clark? Clark's yeah, Clark. going to go to some way. He, he, he to... will go. I reckon he'll try to go, but will the body strength be good enough against McRae? a bloke as big as him? But he's been he's played against bigger blokes too. Yeah. You know? But McRae can on the outside because McRae just accumulates the ball you know, week in, week out. Let's get down to ground level. Rowan Connolly's with us tonight. And he's got the ground conditions for First National Real Estate. At First National Real Estate, they put you first, Row. They say it's a sellout tonight. But there's still a few empty seats looking around with about five minutes to go before the bounce. Oh, just being fashionably wide, Shane. Uh, no, but definitely coming in. You can always get a good indication how full it's going to be with how high up the uh, top deck they're sitting. And they are right up to the back. So I reckon we're going to get comfortably up in the high 40,000s, maybe 46, 47-odd thousand which is a great result. Uh, they've got a good rivalry, these two clubs, Battle of the North and Northwest Suburbs. Uh, there's been a, a bit of ceremony around this game too. Essendon has been embracing India in the lead-up to this game, so we've had lots of um, Indian sort of uh, symbols and bands and things playing. I think Ben McNeese might have some Indian heritage, actually, so that's appropriate for him. And, of course, the two teams playing for the EJ Witten Cup, which is one of the longest-standing uh, trophies between two club rivals. So hopefully the better team will win. No late change for either side. Of course, Heston got a truckload of injuries, but the Doggies got a couple too, missing Caleb Daniel and Tom Liberatore. You mentioned the Dogs have won the last four meetings. Interestingly, they've only met once a season for the last four years, so only the fifth match between those two clubs since 2000. 
and 14. Should be a cracker. Looking forward to it. We'll catch up with you throughout the game. Good on you, Roy. Look forward to your work at ground level tonight with thanks to First National Real Estate. They put you first. Interesting quirk of the fixture too. These two sides last met in round three last year. So I haven't met since then as we close out the 2019 season. There is one other game tonight. That down at Simmons Stadium in Geelong between the Cats and the Kangaroos. There is one late change in that match for the Cats. Zach Smith goes out. Lockie Henderson comes in to the side. We will keep you updated on that match as we proceed here. Also the Bledisloe Cup with uh, Australia taking on New Zealand out at Optus Stadium in Perth. That getting underway at 7.45 Eastern Time. And the match between the Brisbane Lions and the Gold Coast has just finished up. The Brisbane Lions winning by 91 points. So still yet to see a three-figure win to any side in the competition this year. The Lions win 22-12-144 to the Gold Coast Suns 8-5-53. We turn our attention to our match for broadcast. Essendon and the Western Bulldogs. Shorey, if Essendon are to win it, where do they win it? Oh, where do they win it? I think um, just they control, I think, the forward line of uh, the Western Bulldogs. They've got a talented forward line. Norton, you know, those types of players have been players who have come through. They throw a few through there. Lipinski can play half-back or go forward. Sam Lloyd's been a really good pickup. He's he just a really dangerous goal kicker, a smart player, has a lot of uh, score assists. And, and it's a big one in the ruck too because you've got um, you know, Tim English, who I've really been a rap for, Tim English, up against Zach Clark. Now, Clark's got to hold his own. We know he can have some horror games, but um, he needs to just compete. And, and English is only a young player, but I know he's very talented. So if they can get some, um, you know, first use of the ball from Tim English in the ruck, we know that their midfield goes, I think, a bit deeper than Essendon, so I think they'll get a fair advantage there. Yeah, the Bulldogs, number five for scoring from D50 chains this year, score, uh, Shorey, number one for scoring from D50 intercepts, and Essendon, are number 16 for time in forward half. So all that, their brand of football, and I know they won five in a row and they lost last week in a really disappointing fashion, but the, the way they've played has been really on edge. Like, everything, it's come down to the last quarter, they've been behind, they've had to find a way in deep in games to, to do it. I'm not sure that's a sustainable brand no, of footy, particularly through a, a September campaign. I'm... I'm really concerned about the way the Bombers have been playing, even though they've been winning. I just don't think it's good enough to be contending for a, a deep finals campaign. The Bulldogs, on the other hand, I think do have a, a modern game that, that does put pressure on opposition more often than not. And, and it is a sustainable brand of footy. And, and more importantly, what we're seeing in, in football, and certainly in 2019, it's a successful brand of footy. So I, I wouldn't mind betting that if it's not tight this game, the Bulldogs win by eight or nine goals. That they absolutely blow them out of the water, and it's curtains for the Bombers. And let me tell you, there's probably a couple of big ones. I think Saad being out for um, huge for, yeah, is a massive loss to Essendon because of that rebound factor. Uh, we know McKenna does it a lot, but those two together have been rebounded really well for Essendon when they do do it. So Merritt, he's a superstar. Fantasia needs a couple of big ones, you know, so yep. he's a player we know has got enormous talent. I still think he's a dangerous forward and he might just upset the uh, the mix of who can go to Fantasia um, playing, you know, probably playing deep. I'm trying to think who could probably go to him. Probably the captain, Easton, uh, Easton Woodward, might get that opportunity even though he's a lot bigger. He is fast off the lead and he can uh, take a mark, so we'll see what happens there. You get Jeray or Crows, you could play that yeah, role. Yeah, Jeray, well, 
I think he'd be too good for Jarea. I know he's a sizing wise, but yep. yeah, I, I, he's a bit different. He's a different type of Razio. So they neither win the contest. They contested the ball differential since the buy has been atrocious, even though they've been winning those games. Again, another indication that the style of football is is a little bit precarious in any given uh, event, which we've got to hit tonight. Winners earlier today, Collingwood over Melbourne by 17 points. Port Adelaide moving into the top eight with a 47-point win over the Swans. And the Brisbane Lions go to the top of the ladder midway through round 21 with a 91-point win over the Gold Coast. Of course, Geelong to take on North Melbourne tonight. Our match for broadcast. The Bombers up against the Western Bulldogs. Crowd has really built up even in the last five minutes. So much at stake for both these sides. The Bulldogs needing to win to keep their finals aspirations alive. Essendon still needing one more win for the year to guarantee themselves a top eight spot. Matty Granlin joins me in commentary. I'm looking forward to this one, Matty. Me too, and just having a look at uh, McKenna. Connor McKenna is just got a blonde rinse through the hair, oh, gentlemen. The wheel. So uh, that is one to look out for as well, and uh, so he'll be in for a big game with the uh, the orange boots on. What a big one this is. Western Bulldogs and Essendon 3W Football Law with thanks to McDonald's. Not quite a full house, but they're coming late here at Marvel Stadium. Great atmosphere, and we're about to get underway.